Thank you, ladies. Tonight we're going to be looking in the 57th Psalm, uh, Psalms 57, and uh, <clears throat> share with you the thought the Lord's laid upon our heart, and hope it'll be a blessing to you. <clears throat> and I'll say this: I, I think I, or I know I think I overdid it a little bit this morning. So I uh, don't know how much uh, I'll be able to preach tonight, but I'm going to do the best I can and uh, <clears throat> give what I have uh, to you tonight that are watching. And I'll say this. My pastor, uh, before we come to Kentucky, Brother Tony Hudson, uh, he used to always say this when he was preaching. Uh, he'd say, work at listening. And uh, and if you're watching this at home, you're going to have to work uh, at listening. It's uh, one of the hardest things about this, uh, uh, <clears throat> preaching to an empty church, is uh, you can't see if what people are doing or how they're responding. And... Uh, and when you're at home, I know this because last week, uh, last about two weeks, we were all in quarantine and and uh, we did our best. To, uh, we did watch each service, but it was I'd be lying if I said it was easy uh, with four kids and, and all going on. But um, God can bless if you'll give him your attention tonight yeah. and uh, and listen to what the Lord has to say. Psalms 57 tonight and uh, verse number one. The Bible says this, be merciful unto me, O God, <clears throat> be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Father, we pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, you know, Lord, that we are nothing without you. And Lord, not only we're nothing without you, but we can do nothing without you. And I just pray tonight you'd help me, Lord, and, and fill my heart with your love and my mind with your wisdom. And I pray, Lord, that you'd 
Give me, Lord, the touch that only you can give. And I pray, Lord, that you take this word that was pinned down many, many years ago, Lord, by the man of God, David, Lord, as he was fleeing for his life. I pray you'd use these words to comfort the ones that need comfort in the night, to help the ones that need help. Lord, we thank you that in uncertain times we have some certain truths that, Lord, we can depend on, we can believe in, that we can live by. And Lord, I just pray tonight you'd help us, Lord. I'd rather, Lord, never stand again, Lord, as to stand without you. And I pray now you'd help me. We love you tonight, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Verse number one, the Bible says this. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Till these calamities be overpassed. And I want to look at that last uh, phrase in verse number one where the Bible says, until these calamities be overpassed. Until these calamities uh, be overpassed. And if the Lord will help us, I want to preach on this thought, till the storm uh, passes over. Till the storm uh, passes over. And the psalm, when you study the Psalms, it's, uh, um, it's very helpful if you'll study the background and the, and the context. And, and this psalm and, and many of the psalms, it tells you when this was written in, the, in the, what's called the superscription, which is at the top of the psalm. It says this to the chief musician, Al Tasketh. I don't know how, if that's right or not. Sounds like a terrorist to me, but it says, Mictum of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. When he fled from Saul in the cave. It's been said of this. It said, I read this this week and it says, The rarest pearls are found in the deepest waters of life. The rarest pearls are found in the deepest waters of life. And David, as he wrote this, was walking through or going through uh, some of the deepest waters of his life. Up until this point, David's life had been one that most of us would be envious of. He was raised in a good home by a good father. Uh, he was uh, chosen by God uh, to be the king of Israel at a very young age. He had won a great victory in his life already in defeating Goliath and uh, he was, the, uh, he was the right-hand man of Saul. He sang to him and played for him and served next to him in the, in the kingdom of Israel. Uh, but you know the story. Saul turned on David. He became jealous of him and, 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 and sought to kill him. And David had fled from it for his life. And when we read this, most agree that he's hiding in the cave in Gedi. And uh, he's, uh, in fact, in 1 Samuel I believe it's uh, 20. He said, there's just a step between me and death. Uh, every day that he was living was one full of fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And in this psalm, he cries out from his heart, uh, riding from this cave alone, separated from his uh, family and loved ones. And uh, I mean, a, a time of, of, of great uncertainty. He said, Lord, I cannot wait until these calamities be overpassed. And we've said it, you've heard it, it's, it's been wore out, I guess, over time, but uh, either we're in a storm, we're, we're, we're headed out of a storm, or we're going into a storm. Our, the Christian life 
is full of, uh, of uncertainty as far as this world goes. And I want to preach just for a moment on until the storm passes over. I thank the Lord that there's coming a day where there'll be no more storms for the child of God. Uh, John the Revelator, when he saw heaven, he said this, and there was no more sea. And there was no more sea. Do you all know where the big storms come from? They come from the sea. And I'm glad there's coming a day. The old song says that no cloud will darken the sky of heaven. And I thank God for that. But until then, I think we can identify with David as he hides in this cave and, 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 and trust the Lord as he did. Now, the first thing I want to say or show you is in verses 1 through verse number 3. The Bible says this. We've already read verse 1. We'll read verse 2. I'll cry unto God, most high unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. See, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. In these three verses, we see the calamities that thrashed him. Uh, and we see David sobbing in the cave. He's brokenhearted. One of the saddest things about this is that Saul was someone that David looked up to. Saul was someone that David loved. Uh, Saul was somebody that David had been loyal to. Saul was someone that David had labored with and for. David had gone to battle for Saul. He had put his own life on the line. He had been willing to give his own self to make sure that Saul was safe and secure. And yet, despite all that he had done for this man and all the sacrifice he had made and, uh, and all the uh, 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 time that he had invested, now that very man was seeking his life. These calamities thrashed upon. That word calamity, it means to rush upon. When I was a little boy down there in Gainesville, there's a Lake Lanier, and, and Lake Lanier is a, what we call a man-made lake. Uh, it's, it was created by Buford Dam and, and used to. I don't believe they allow people anymore. They would allow you to fish on the, on the downstream side of Buford Dam. And, and there was an alarm that would go off. And when it went off, you had to get out because in just a few moments before, before they opened the dam, it would be nothing more than just a small river. But once they opened that dam, it would become a rushing, uh, raging, uh, out of control river. And I thought about this and how many times in our own life uh, does it seem that everything's calm and everything's still and everything's uh, quiet, but just in a moment, it becomes a raging river. That word calamity means any great misfortune or cause of misery. It's generally applied to events or disasters which produce extensive evil as loss of crops, earthquakes, conflagrations, defeat of armies, and, and the such. But it's applied also to the misfortunes which bring great distress upon individuals. And oh, listen, it's, it's compared to the waves of the sea to rush, to overcome. And, and David said these calamities, he says, he, he felt like he was being run over and run down by all that was going on in his life. In verse number one, you see that David longed to be hid by God. There's a double cry here. He says, be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. 
He's crying out to God. He's longing. And what was he longing for God to do? He says, I, he says, uh, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. David wanted God to hide him. He wanted to be under the wings of God. What was he asking for? He was asking for God to get between him and the storm in his life. He wanted to be hid by God. I'm glad that if you're saved, the Bible says that you're hid in Christ and Christ is hid in God. And listen, he says, uh, uh, Lord, he says, I want you to hide me. Uh, put your wings around me. Draw me uh, close unto your bosom and allow me to rest in your presence and in your comfort. He longed to be hid by God. Verse number two, he longed to be heard by God. He said, I'll cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. That word performeth, it means to bring to an end. God, David knew that only God could bring this to an end. And oh, it seems that for, it seems that almost like forever, but in reality, it's only been eight or nine months since this, uh, that, that this pandemic and all that's been going on. And, and, and everybody wants to know when will it end? We was at a basketball game yesterday with, uh, my son. He was playing and there was one of the moms was talking to me and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and she asked, she said this, and, and she said, when will it end? When will this end? Uh, when can we get back to normal? When can we? Uh, and, and you know, uh, the truth of the matter is that the only one that can bring it to an end is the Lord of heaven. He says he performeth all things. He longed to be heard by God. He says, I'll cry unto God. I'll cry unto God. No, listen, tonight we have an open invitation that we can come to the Lord and cast all our care upon Him and know that He cares for us. Verse number 3, He longed to be helped by God. He says, He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. He shall send forth His mercy and His truth. You know, David had been lied about. Saul had falsely accused him and had brought different accusations against him that were untrue. But he had done that so that he could get his men convinced that David needed to die. And David said, Lord, I want you to help me. He said, Lord, he said, would you not save me? He said, Lord, would you not send from heaven and save me from the reproach of them that would swallow me up? You know, that's what this world wants to do, the child of God. They just want to swallow us up. They just want us to be gone and uh, to be silent. They want us to just uh, uh, be forever uh, taken out of the way. But David said, my God, he said, would you send help? He said, send it from heaven. He said, he shall send from heaven and save me. And oh, listen, I'm glad that the Lord one day, uh, he saw fit to send from heaven and to save me from my sin. He saw fit to let the Spirit of God draw me. And then He sent from heaven and saved my ever, had never died so. But I'm glad one day soon He's going to send from heaven again. Amen. He's going to send His Son. He's going to send Him down here to take us home to be with Him. The calamities that thrashed Him, Him sobbing. Verses 4 through 6, I want you to see the crises that threatened Him. We see David staggering. 
You know, David, the Bible said, was a man after God's own heart. David walked with God. He broke more psalms than any other man. This is what God called him. He called him the shepherd of Israel. He called him the sweet psalmist of Israel. I mean, God, David was a man of God. But listen, we see in these verses that even David staggered at the, th- the, at the crises that threatened him. And you know that if David could stagger and if David could be threatened and if David, uh, if David could be bent down by the crises in his life, then so can you and I. Look quickly in verse 4. My soul was among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst thereof. They are fallen themselves. See, lie. Notice the distress of David in verse 4. He said, My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. David was distressed because he was surrounded by evil men. The anger and the, and, the, and, the, and the vengeance of Saul and the vengeance of his men, they were surrounded him in this cave. And it caused distress in his heart. And oh, today it seems as if we're all surrounded by evil. It seems that the armies of, the, of this world and the evil of this world has banded together to surround the people of God. I'll say the church has never been loved by the world. We've just been tolerated by the world. But now it's to the point where we are despised by the world. And listen, I just want you to know I'm not trying to be a prophet. I've never claimed to be. But I've got news. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. The Bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. And in the days and the weeks and the months to come, uh, listen, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, all these, I've, I've seen people have been sending me things all day long about all this stuff they claim is going to happen. And, and you know, I, I'm just not going to get in, uh, in a, and worry about it. I'm not going to let it, uh, uh, consume my mind. But the truth of the matter is, David was surrounded by the enemies that wanted to destroy him. The desire of David in verse 5, he wanted God to show himself. He said, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let thy glory be above all the earth. David wanted the Lord to be exalted in the midst of his crises. You know, that's what we should pray. That's what we should desire, that God would be exalted in our lives despite what goes on around us. Verse 6, the depression of David He said, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. Now, David, David was a spiritual man. I mean, mean, David was a man that knew the Lord and walked with the Lord. But the, the, the constant, persistent attack against him caused his soul to bend over. That word bend down, it means to reach the breaking point. David said, Lord, he said, I'm so, it's the, the weight of this crisis that's on me. He said, it's got me to a place where I feel like I'm going to break. It's going to break me. He was depressed. But the deliverance of David, the Bible says in verse 6, they have digged a pit before me into the midst thereof. They are fallen themselves. Only the Lord can cause our enemies 
to be caught in the very trap that they have set for us. Did you know this? David never took justice into his own hands, but gave time and place to the Lord. He says, Lord, they've fallen into their own trap. You know, over the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Esther, they had uh, old Haman, he despised the Jews and he, he, he uh, connived with the king to get an edict written that he was going to kill all the Jews on an appointed day. And, and old Haman, he built gallows. He wanted to hang Mordecai and the rest of the Jews. And, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and if you would, as the psalmist says, he set a trap for them. And he, and he, and he, and he built those halo, those uh, uh, those uh, uh, places to hang uh, Mordecai and his family. But if you'll read the Bible, you'll find out that, that Mordecai did not hang on those gallows, but Haman did. And right now the world's building their gallows to hang the church on. They're building the gallows and they don't even realize it. They're building them for their own selves. All this one world one world, all this one world stuff, it's already been foretold in the Bible. <laughs> all of this silencing and, 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 uh, and censoring that's going on, they don't realize what they're doing. They're setting the stage for the Antichrist. But one day they're going to hang on their own gallows. Verse number seven, I'm going to finish here. My heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. I'll sing and give praise. Awake up my glory. Awake psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I'll praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I'll sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great in the heavens. And thy truth under the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. So he said the crises that threaten him, the calamities that thrash him. And now I want you to see the confidence that thrilled him. This, uh, this was said about this psalm. It says the sweetest melodies come from the most bitter experiences of life. He said in verse 8, Awake up, my glory, my awake, sultry heart. David felt like his heart had been, been sleeping. He, he had not been able to sing. He had not been able to rejoice. But now uh, he goes from being bent over and ready to break. And now he says, I think I'll sing. You see, there was a confidence that thrilled him. Verse 7, he said, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Notice his willingness to go on. He said, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. Doubt and despair has disappeared. And now that bent over soul is standing tall and straight. Listen, tonight we must make up our mind that we're going to go on for God. That we're not going to allow the calamity to keep us from pressing on for Him. His willingness to go on. Verse 8 and 9. We see His witness to go out. His witness going out. He said in verse number 8, I'll wake, I myself will awake early. I'll praise you, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto the E among the nations. Among the nations. He says, Lord, you've brought me through this. And, and Lord, you've uh, uh, allowed me to make it through this storm. And, and Lord, when it's all over and when the calamity's passed, he said, I'm going to take my harp and I'm going to sing among the nations. I'm going to worship you among the heathen. I'm going to tell them what you've done for me. You see, in that cave, God was giving David a testimony to share with the world. 
And in the midst of our crises, God will give us a song and he'll give us a sermon. He'll give us a message. He'll give us a testimony to share among the world. Verse number 10 through 11, we see his worship going up. He says, for thy mercy is great in the heavens and thy truth under the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens and let thy glory be above all the earth. So he said his willingness to go on, his witness going out and his worship going up. And listen to me, if, if we can't worship God in crises, then, 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 then what makes us think that our worship is real? Real worship can go up at, from the worst situations in life. You see, David was in a bad situation, but he, he got his mind fixed on God and he said, Lord, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to thank you. Because look in verse number 10, he says, he said, I'm going to worship you for your mercy. He says, for thy mercy is great in the heavens and thy truth under the clouds. He, and, 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 and here's the thing. David was acknowledging this. David was acknowledging that even though things were bad and not as he wanted, they could be a whole lot worse. You see, Saul was not showing mercy. They, Saul, listen, Saul was wanting to kill David for something he had not done. David was not trying to be, cause an insurrection. David was not trying to overthrow Saul. David was not, I mean, David loved Saul. And, 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 and Saul falsely accused him of trying to have a, uh, 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 raise up an insurrection against him. And, and that was wrong. And, and so David was saying, Lord, but, but the truth is what he was saying by his, by reference in the mercy of God, he was saying, I don't deserve to be in this cave. I don't deserve to be sought after by Saul, but I do deserve the judgment of God. I do deserve uh, the wrath of God. So when, when he referenced the mercy of God, uh, what he was saying is, Lord, I deserve much worse than what I have. And we should all be willing to worship the Lord for his mercy. In verse 1, he's begging God for mercy to come down. He said, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. But in verse 10, he's thanking him as he looks at it going up. Verse 11, he says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. His worship was not only for the mercy of God, but for the majesty of God. He says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let thy glory be above all the earth. See, David looked above those clouds that were over his life. And he could see above the clouds sitting on the throne of heaven was God in all of his majesty and all of his glory. And I'm thankful tonight that he's still on the throne. And listen, tonight we can worship him for his mercy and we can worship him for his majesty. You can know this, that God is on the throne and he'll always be on the throne. And you can also believe this, that nothing is taking God by surprise. And listen... I know that it seems that, uh, that, 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 that things are all against us and, that, and it seems that everything's just down and bad and, and, and discouraging. But the truth is that in all this, God has a plan. He has a, he, he's working our lives. I, I read about uh, this man. He was a clock maker. And a gentleman come into his, uh, in his shop and he had a tall, one of those real tall, fancy clocks and and the man said, I want to look at your clock. And, and they walked around behind the clock. And the man opened that, the case on the back of the clock. 
and the man was looking at that and all those little wheels and big wheels and springs and, and things were moving this way and moving that way. And, 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 and the, the, the clock maker said, tell me, what do you think about the maker of this clock? He said, he's a madman. He said, this is confusing. He said, whoever may, he's a madman. And then he walked him around the other side of the clock and he, and he saw those hands, the, the, the second hand spinning and the minute hand moving. And he says, now tell me what you think about the maker of this clock. And he said, he's the wisest man on earth. And you know, that's the way it is from our point of view. When we look at all that's going on, we say, this is, this is mad. This is crazy. We don't understand it. When we see the wheels moving and, and, and all that's going on in the world, we don't understand. But if we can only see from one day, we'll get there and we'll look back and we'll realize the providence of God in His dealings in our life. Father, we thank You for this evening. I pray You bless the preaching of the Word of God. Pray for those that listen, that Lord, You'd bless them. Help them. And I pray You'd help us, Lord, till these storms pass by. To remain faithful to you, help us, Lord, to have courage. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful to you and fix our heart upon you and not allow these calamities to cause us to become consumed with doubt and fear. But help us to know that you're seated on the throne of heaven far above the cloudy skies of our life. Lord, you're seated in heaven in all of your glory. Help us to trust you. Help us to serve you. Help us to tell others about you until you come again. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.